This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. Welcome to part 2 of episode 15 of the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean. Part 1, which was out on Monday, featured the conversation that I had with Jason and Paul from the board of Trust Oldham. In this follow-up episode, I chat with Latics fans Chris Nuttall and Andy Halliwell as we review that interview and discuss the current position of the Trust among supporters, its future and its relevance. Also, coming up, we have a preview of the Boxing Day Clash with Harrogate Town from regular Statman Thomas Berry. I invited you to one because I thought you'd probably have... Well, you know, I knew you'd give it a good listen. I knew you'd, you'd have a good think about it. And I know you don't represent the uh, the views of all the fans, but I'm looking forward to, to finding out what the fans think and i'd like to know what you guys think i'm a bit confused initially paul described himself as being on the board at oldham being the trust rep on the old uh, uh, on the board at oldham i know he was kind of interim kind of kind of covering that position but i don't see any changes on company's house that he's joined the board i, I don't see any real dialogue or involvement throughout, throughout the interview there's no real connection with being involved or uh, informed of discussions and decisions at the club so I, I suppose I'd, I'd like to know whether where, where we are with that, really. Is he, is he still interim? Has he taken the position on? Is he getting added to the board at, at, at Oldham Athletic? Is he attending board meetings via Zoom or, or directly? And, and, and what sort of interaction does he have with the club on a day-to-day basis or a week-to-week basis? Because apart from speaking to, to Barry and, um, and, and Carl, there doesn't seem to be a great deal of involvement at the the, the higher end of the of, of, of the structure at Oldham. I guess, I, I guess his answer to that probably would be that you know under a pandemic and the owner being away and uh, the, cha- the 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 chances that have been have been limited in recent times. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't say anywhere on the website that that, that Paul is our sort of bona fide board rep. Um, but but they they talked about it there, so I'm assuming that he's sort of confirms that. I guess I, I guess. I haven't listened to it. You know, the, the first thing I'll say is it's, it's an unenviable task to to be involved. And I, I respect these two gentlemen and the other people who represent us uh, via the trust for giving their time up and volunteering and doing this uh, for the benefit of all of us. So it's a really, really difficult task. I guess the, the key thing that came out of there for me, which I've heard before, is critical friend, in inverted commas. And, and that, I think, really defines the difference between them and push the boundary. So push the boundary are uh, like, a, in effect, a pressure group or a protest group or a fans group that are trying to affect change by uh, surveying us as a group and really trying to communicate our displeasure at things that have occurred. Whereas the trust as an organisation, via their 3% shareholding, are attempting to, because they have a, a right to be involved in meetings with that 3% shareholding, are, are trying to do it in a much more... Uh, friendly and uh, collaborative way, um, and, and they talked about the, the, the differences, didn't they? Paul talked about push the boundary, having a different approach to to the trust. Uh, and I guess I guess all of us have got to accept that that's that's the case. Um, that's the way the trust are operating. They're not the same as push the boundary. So I think 
possibly in myself has been frustrated at what seems to be a lack of um, intent from the trust to affect change at the club. I think I've probably got to respect the fact that they're not going to be pushed the boundary. They're, they're a different organisation. That's the first thing I'd say. I guess the, the obvious thing, though, really, from, from listening to that interview is they, they, they do desperately need help, don't they, uh, in a lot of areas. Communication probably being the first. You know, there's, there's eight of them. If you, if you get on the Trust website and you read about their histories, um, and Jason and Paul described a little bit in that interview about themselves in, in the short time that they could, could, could describe themselves, Jason and Paul have both got, um, you know, significant, impressive work histories and CVs. Um, Jason uh, works in, in London for um, JP Morgan Chase um, as a, in a senior role, and Paul was the director of a business which shares his initials, not, not his, uh, the surname is Harrington of the company, uh, a director of that business for, for some years uh, in the past. Presumably he's retired now. So they, they've both got really practical um, skills to bring to the fore in the trust, but they're self-evidently not communication experts, one would, one would um, conclude. So they really need somebody to come in and help them run the website, run the Twitter account, run the Facebook account, run an Instagram account, set up a LinkedIn account, Try to network with people in, in business environments in and around the Northwest. They've got lots and lots of things that they need to do. I, I'm not sure that they conveyed that very well in that interview, the types of things they need. If you go to the website, they do list the types of people they want. But the problem is nobody's going to the website, are they? No, and that's the part of the challenge. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned a couple of things there, which I wanted to talk about, which was uh, push the boundary and the difference and, and the term critical friend. Uh, but I want to relate the term critical friend to us as fans um, and this podcast. I have I've no agenda to... to Criticise, like like you said, Andy. I respect people for getting involved, sticking the red above the parapet, and giving it a go. But as fans, we have to be critical friends of Trust Oldham. They represent us as fans, and and in the way that we expect the trust to take on the club in areas which we feel they, that they need to and represent us, then we need to present to the club, uh, to the trust, what we think they ought to 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 do, and we we need to give them a push in the right direction. So. I think what Push the Boundary have done already is, you know, they've they've done that through their polls. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pull up uh, the poll now. This poll was done before they restructured the the board before the new before the new board came in. But Push the Boundary did a, did a, a survey about Trust Oldham and they asked, "Are you currently a member of of the trust?" Now they got 400 answers for that, and 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 80 said no. Uh, we we know from the interview that there are 218 members of the of the trust at the moment. So membership is a, is a real problem. They, they really don't have very many members whatsoever. Um, have you been a member of Trust Oldham at any point? Forty um, percent had, uh, obviously sixty percent hadn't. Would you consider renewing your membership or signing up to Trust Oldham? Sixty percent of the 400 said no. Based on your perception, are Trust Oldham challenging the club enough? Ninety percent said no. On that, as a fan, do you believe the purpose of uh, the trust to be? And then it was choose as many as you like. But the three that came in, uh, so the ones that came in over eighty percent were to protect the interest of the fans, to protect the future of the club, to keep supporters informed, and to challenge the club. So they all came in over eighty percent. And then, like you were mentioning there, around the communications, how would you rate the communications that you receive from Trust Oldham? Fifty percent said very poor. Forty percent said poor. 
and again, would you rate the, the performance? How would you rate the performance of Trust Odom in the last 12 months? And obviously, like I said, this is going back a little bit, but again, very poor by set almost 70%, um, sorry, 60% of, of respondees. It's all very poor. It's all very negative um, in terms of perception of the trust. So they've got a massive issue with perception and they've got a hell of a lot of work to do. It seems to me that they're not doing anything different in that regard in terms of like, yeah, there's information on the website. It's very, very wordy. It needs reading. People aren't doing it. The social media engagement, the question that I asked them about social media, there was a very, very long pause. Nobody seemed to know what the answers were. So how how do you think, Chris, maybe they go about making those changes? What do they um, need to do next? Well, they need to increase membership, don't they? And, and But they're not going to do that until they, they, they increase their, um, their presence on social media. You look at the trust... Oldham, Twitter, they've they've put a lot of advent calendar posts up about old players and trying to recognise them. And they're trying to do things with that, but that's not engaging fans and getting fans on board and 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 talking to fans about becoming members. And that's the key. They've got to you can't be have a, well, you can have a three percent holding the club and have two hundred members, because they have. But when you look at them having two hundred members and and push the boundary having over a thousand that contribute then they're not really listening to the fans they're listening to a section of the fans that are involved in, in the trust and that's what they need to do they need to work work closer with social media avenues that they have facebook uh, twitter instagram and and grow that and it seems that the two gentlemen uh, paul and, and jason aren't, aren't able to do it i mean paul's not not on twitter as far as I'm aware, um, I think he mentions that in the in, in the interview. Like Andy said, they need they need some support and some help off people that have got time and do do use these um, these avenues more. Maybe use the club themselves to promote the trust. You know, they're all part of the same um, conversation. Get some of the trusting uh, so, sorry some some of the uh, club employees that that frequent Twitter as much as they do to to push the trust angle and and how they're working together as well. Whether it's canvas all the season ticket holders that, that you know the club will have um, access to all these season ticket holders and have their have their contact details. Why aren't they canvassing these? I mean, I was under the impression when you bought a season ticket, you immediately became a trust member. So I think that used to be the case, Chris. I don't think it is anymore. I guess. I guess one of the one of the big challenges is so on a personal level, I was a trust member and I cancelled my membership earlier in this year, this calendar year, twenty twenty. I used to contribute to player share. Uh, X, X pound um, per month in to play a share and I stopped doing that earlier this year as well largely because I wasn't hearing much uh, I didn't really know what the money was going to anymore and I didn't sort of see the value in it so I, I, I stopped because I invested my interest in push the boundaries efforts uh, at the start of the year and, and, that, and that's, so there's my personal feedback to, to the trust particularly but I want to support the trust and I want the trust to play a role. And I think I probably have to accept that the role that the trust plays is different to the role that Push the Boundary going to play uh, and, and try to get behind that. If I have a look at the website at the minute, I'm just having a look now. Under uh, one of the pages, Supporters Volunteer, it says they're looking for someone who's, who has human resources experience. So is somebody HR qualified and can help them? Is there somebody with legal experience or a lawyer solicitor ideally? Someone with communications expertise, so it is au fait with new technology, uh, comfortable with conversing through all, for, all forms of social media, uh, as well as um, website and technology creation. 
maybe a media press and marketing uh, spokesperson, which I think will be a good idea. A work, and then there's a various working groups on business development, research, funding and grants, research, project management and business plans, and then the player share subcommittee, as well as match day volunteers. So you can see how on the website, you could argue they've listed out all the things that they need. I'm not sure Paul and Jason got that over particularly well in that. In that well, in the, that. well, I was just going to say, you've done a great job for them there <laughs> of reading yeah. that out in, 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 with something that they could have, could have done but then, themselves. But possibly, possibly but, but then if, if they're not media and communications experts, then, then maybe that it doesn't come naturally to them. And, and I'm not going to criticise people no, for me no. not being I'm, I'm, I'm just trying to highlight that, 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 you know, when you're given an opportunity to, 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 to voice your, yourself to a potential audience, then try and make the most of it. Um, yeah. What you're saying there is, well also is people have to go onto the website to read that so if, if they're not going on the website they're not finding that out from from any Correct. other source are they that's that's that, that for me is one of the big issues because if you've only got 218 members so and i was a member once and i'm no longer so i no, no longer receive emails from a trust i don't really engage with them on twitter because uh, as as chris pointed out it's rather banal sort of content as opposed to meaty content that mm. i might want to read then i, I I don't know what's going on. I have to go and actively seek it out. And that's really where a spokesperson, communications media expert, probably is the first thing that they should look to recruit actively. So they should be pushing that in in social media environment uh, and, and trying to find somebody who can help them across, you know, you know, someone who's comfortable building and writing websites. I mean, if you look at the website as well, the, the other point I'd note is it's better than the previous incarnation, I think. Uh, so I, Jason's quite positive about it in that interview. So I think he's right to be in regards to the fact it's better than the old one, but it still is nowhere near as good as Push the Boundaries, which I think sets the bar for what, for what an easy-to-use website might look like. So they, they've probably still got some improvement. And there's obviously lots of content on the Trust website, which takes quite a time to, to get through. It's not as always easy to navigate. Um, if I could move on slightly just to another point that's, that's worth talking about. And Jason mentioned it a couple of times in that interview, probably three or four actually. Um, the FSA is an organisation that the trust clearly place a lot of sort of story in, if you like. They, 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 they place a lot of um, emphasis on them and their relationship with them. That's the Football guess, Supporters Association for anyone who doesn't know. Yeah, I, I, I guess I'm... I'm not entirely clear what the FSA do because um, I'm, I'm not reading their website all of the time and why they're, why they're necessarily the, the greatest vehicle for the trust to, to, to place a lot of emphasis in. I do know that Philippa, it's on the website if you look, Philippa, who's one of the sort of senior Oldham Trust board members, is, is working for or with the FSA on, uh, on helping them with setting out uh, governance with the EFL in the future. So we've obviously got, and this really is credit to Philippa, she's obviously another quite a competent business lady with some great experience, such that the FSA have wanted her to work with them. So, so the trust clearly have got some good people in there, um, but they haven't got all of the roles filled that they need in order to change the image, perception, and, and, and increase uh, membership moving forward. I mean, I think what they need to do is they need to give fans a reason to buy into what they're doing. And I asked them the question of vision and it all starts with a vision. If you're, if you're um, going to build a website for your business or any organization, you cannot build that website to be effective until you know what the purpose of 
that organization is, what the vision is, what you're wanting people to click on, what you're wanting them to buy into. And I think that, that we're lacking that vision from the trust. And I think it, 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 the trust has got to a point now where it seems like the, 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 they're trying to kind of do things the same way, which is and it's something that doesn't work and hasn't worked. And it's time to reset the trust. We, we, we all believe that the trust is a good thing, I think, in general. Uh, we want the trust. Uh, I want to get behind the trust. I want to help the trust. I want to have them on the podcast. I will play my role. <laughs> you know, I'm someone who communicates with people every week. I, I get people on, we communicate, we talk, we, you know, we, we're growing our audience, we're on social media. So we're, we're doing what, what they need to do. So we're a platform. But unless the trust is kind of like rebuilt in the vision of something that the fans want it to be, it's not going to go anywhere. It's not really up to eight people to say, this is what we think the trust is. In my opinion, I think they need to put it out to fans and say, look, how do you want the trust to represent you as fans? What do we need to do differently? How do we need to restructure this? And, and then fans feel invested in it. And I think at the minute, they're just kind of carrying on like they've always carried on, which has not worked for them. So it, that's never going to work, in my view. Yeah, you, I mean, you're right. It's kind of the, the, the need to change. My sort of thought, when I think about the trust, I still think of them all sat in the old hall at the Clayton playing fields, having, having, uh, at the Clayton Arms, sorry, having their old, you know, their monthly meeting over, over a few drinks and uh, doing the minutes and, and carrying on the way, the way th- things happened when Barry was around running the trust. And, and that's what they need to get away from. Um, they're saying they can't do fans forums because of the current pandemic. Push the boundary if I managed to do it. So it's things like that, going away from the old stuffy stereotype trust that everyone seems to remember. And it, and it kind of comes back to the trust getting themselves up to date and becoming more media savvy and engaging with fans and organising Zoom meetings so they can hear what fans have to say. Of perception that a lot of fans, a lot of fans I speak to have of the trust have been sort of, you know, still stuck back in the 90s when everything was hunky-dory and, and we were all... Um, singing off the same hymn sheet, and all I hear are excuses rather than ra- rather than forward thinking and ideas. I just hear excuses why they can't do things, and maybe that's because they they don't like you say don't really understand where their aims are. I think that's half the problem. They don't mm. do, do they actually know what they want to do? Because they, they make a lot of points when they change the trust board, and yeah, I appreciate they're all volunteers and 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 giving up their own time, but. I think we said it at the start of the season when the new trust board was was formed. It's a really important time for them to change how how they are perceived by the fan base. And I've not seen any changes yet, if I'm per- perfectly honest. And I also think that, that, that waiting for people to come to you is not the right approach. I mean, there's plenty of Oldham fans out there that are very active on social media, that are doing creative stuff, that, are, that, are, that you know go out and say, look, come on, we need your help. Will you do this for us? Will you do that for us? And, and, and I think if they, if they took that approach rather than waiting for people to come to them and, and, and were a bit more kind of open and humble in terms of like, oh, we need your support, we need your help, uh, that, that might be a better way of doing it because maybe the perception is, is that they're a, they're a closed group and they prefer to keep it that way over time, you know, because if they were better at reaching out and asking for help, then they'd probably get more help. Yeah, and, and that just comes down to, uh, and technically they are because it's on the website, but but they're not really getting a lot of traffic to the website other yeah. than the small number of members they've got. So it, so it's a bit of a, a perpetual issue for them. They need to break that circle, that cycle, don't they, and try to um, communicate in a different way. A very basic thing, you know, is somebody going on to the, analyst, the analytics, Google Analytics on their website and just looking at how many visitors they're getting, 
you know, which areas of the, of the website are getting the most clicks, you know, what kind of traffic are they getting on the website, you know, and then you would know very, very quickly that there was an issue. Did you probably not? Yeah. yeah. And where does that traffic come from? Does it come via social media? Does it, you know what I mean? Where does it come from? So those are the very, very basic things that, that need to be done, obviously. If you you remember, you'll get an email, won't you saying, you know, our latest minutes are on the website or whatever it might be. But if you're not a member, you don't get updated, do you? So, well, I joined the trust last Friday, not Friday this week, Friday, just before, but I've still, I've not received the email welcoming me to the trust that I said I was going to receive that I was told I was going to receive. I'm sure Jason and Paul have both got a lot that they can offer the trust and bring to the trust. Whatever they do well, they can do. But it's an online world, more so now than ever with the pandemic. And, and after the pandemic, it's it, we're going to be conducting a lot more of our our meetings and our conversations and 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 our marketing and our everything is is online. So having a mastery of that is is vitally important. And yeah, I think they need to be a little bit more proactive in going out and and, and identifying who it is that they want to to help them to do that rather than waiting for them to come along because if, uh, if they do they'll have yeah. a lot more success a lot quicker yeah i mean it was self-evident in the in the easy fundraising shopping app that they referenced i mean you know i'm not sure i was aware of it either you certainly weren't aware of it from that interview matt and you know obviously that communication has been lost a little bit so there's an example a very good example of how they could you know, solve some of those problems by getting somebody who was who was uh, better at communicating to to front it for them. I think that, that used to be, be be pushed massively through the uh, Oh When the Blues fans forum. That's right, I recall. Yeah, uh, that's that's and that's the only place I know it from is because you, they used to talk about it regularly there to try, and, and it was one person who I can't remember who it was, but used to push it almost weekly. Um, making sure people bought stuff through the app so that money was contributed towards the trust. It was what was it? Was it the trust that the money went to, or was it player share, or was it funding over in the Blues? I can't actually remember the call. <laughs> Neither can I. But yeah. I always thought I, I've always been told player share was a completely separate entity to the trust. Than well, the so, so so would I, Chris. Actually, but the funny thing is, uh, funny thing is, it's it, on the website again. It goes to the trust website. It, it talks about the fact that player share has been replaced by by the academy, and so it appears as though it, it does fall under the remit of the trust. But yeah. I, I, I think it was. It might have been set up originally by somebody out from outside of the trust, but maybe the trust own it today. I, I'm, I'm yeah. again, I'm, yeah. again, communication is an issue because I'm not entirely clear. I, I think it comes back to the, the vision thing that you both you both talked about. You know, I, I, I live in I live in London um, as Jason does. Uh, I've not actually come across him uh, personally, although well, it's uh, tiny in London. Yeah. <laughs> I recognise. I mean, I mean, I recognise his his name sitting in the Oasis WhatsApp group. So I know he's, he's in there, but I've never I've never met him face to face. I think like so. I, so I'm in London. I don't have a season ticket. I haven't had a season ticket for a number for quite a long time. Obviously, because I don't live anywhere near Boundary Park anymore. Um, but I, I go to a reasonable amount of games, more away than home for obvious reasons. But I would like to, I would like to contribute money um, to the cause, which is Oldham Athletic of some description. But I mean, for quite a long time, I've not really wanted to give that much of my personal income to Simon Corney, or much of my personal income that to line Blitz's pocket, or much of my personal income to help Abdallah sign a lot of um, rubbish players. So. I've not really wanted to do that. There is no vehicle from which, for me, a player share was the one I chose, but then it had gone deathly silent. I didn't know didn't know what was happening with it. There isn't anywhere really for me to contribute my money, knowing that it's going to be managed well and spent for the benefit of the club. 
the trust really is the only vehicle to do that. Push the boundary and not set up for that. No. And this comes back to probably then uh, what the objective is and, and what the you know the, what what the plan is for them in, in the future. For me, the trust should be saying outwardly, whilst being a critical friend. Okay, understand that with the three percent shareholding, they are going to attempt to uh, raise funds that sit in a war chest to be used either to save the club in its hour of need, if its hour of need, in need ever returns, and or maybe attempt to buy an increased shareholding, you know, to, to have a, a bigger say in, in how, the, how the club is run. But I think that probably needs to be articulated. What are we going to do with money that we save in the trust to benefit the future of the club? And then they can talk about things like uh, networking with local business people and, and trying to create a cohort of people who are skilled enough to be able to run the club or uh, get involved in the running of the club for the betterment of the, of, of the community. And, and it's just, I think there's probably a lack of clarity on the objective that makes me think, yeah, okay, you can have some of my money, then I'll put some in every year. Uh, well, you need money. to get the, the, uh, the investors on board, the investors being us. Uh, we need to know what we're, what we're, what we're investing in and what yeah. we're buying into. And the only way to do that is to, is, is to ask us what we want to invest in. And, and, and it's as simple as that. They put it to the fans and do it in numbers. We've all got different ideas. You've got ideas about what you think they should do. Other fans have got other ideas. We, we have to be democratic about it. They, they could be very easily go to push the boundary and say, look, lads, you're doing brilliantly with your engagement. Help us with a survey. Help us find out what fans want uh, because you know we don't seem to have the reach that you have. You know, that would be a good way of, of, of showing good faith that, that they want to engage with existing fan groups and start working with the people that are already out there that are already doing things. Like, I think this is a good, this is good feedback for them. This is, we're not being overly critical. We're not slagging them off. We're, we're, we're giving constru- constructive, our views constructively. Uh, and the fans are going to do that as well when they hear this interview. And it's going to be interesting to see what, what fans make of it on Twitter. And, and I'd love people to get in touch and, and let us know what they make of the interview and what their suggestions are and to contact the trust themselves and let them know, let them know what you as a fan want from them. And, and, and because like I said, we are their critical friends um, and we need the trust. Do we need the trust in its current guys? That's another question. Do we need, you know, the, do we need the board that we've got? Well, we'll find out when after a year or so or whatever of, of, of them in place. And if, if we're not happy with what they're doing, then we'll have to, Take, start taking more responsibility for the trust ourselves as, as a fan base and say, right, well, what are we going to do about it? The trust, it, people always say the club is bigger than than any individual and the trust is bigger than any individual as well. And, you know, we, as fans, if we want the trust to perform, then we have to take ownership of it and we have to help it perform. So I think there's a there's a responsibility on the on the trust part to to help us understand that and there's responsibility on our part to to put pressure on the trust to be the trust that we want them to be. I think that's the key. I mean, um, Push the Boundary have grown hugely over the last 12 months from four lads in a pub chatting about how they didn't like things, uh, what was happening in the club, to over a 1,000 members. The good thing is that it seems Push the Boundary and the Trust are talking to each other, so ask them for help, use them. I just think it'd be a massive shame if this new board do do some good things and there's only 218 people get to hear about it. Yeah, definitely. And I think back to one of your earlier podcasts, Matt, when the Stockport lads came on and talked about their different groups of fans coming together, uh, working together for for the better of their football club. And, and it does feel like we need to do the same to ensure that 
Um, you know, whilst there's some short-term on-field you know success to a degree, we're, we're playing away well away from home uh, and getting some results. Um, really, we're thinking long-term here. How can we ensure that the club is in the town for a very long time? And we do need to work together. I, I just, I'd like to say from personally, I'd like, I'd like to thank Jason and Paul for, a for doing the interview, b for giving their time up to represent us. Um, it's no easy task and I really appreciate them doing it and, and, and I'd like to encourage them to, to, to continue to, to, to do everything they can for, for us all really Exactly, no, I definitely echo that sentiment and just be an open book trust the fans, talk to us engage on things like this podcast and I think the trust has to humanise itself and I think you know that's one of the things that by coming on something like this and putting yourself out there humanise yourself, you know, don't just be the trust uh, like you say, uh, Chris, uh, an image in people's minds of you know people sat around and do whatever. It's like anything. It's like any you've, any business has to have a personal personality. You know, it has to have some kind of yeah, it just has to have a human touch. And and so I think just like coming on this podcast is is the first step of something like that. It's a vo- you know you hear the voices, you get to know the people, do more of it. You know, and we'll, and we'll see what happens because I think I think what I'm getting from this is we want the trust to succeed. But what we have to like you think long term. What kind of football club do we want in the town of Oldham? How do we want that football club to contribute to the town of Oldham? How does the town of Oldham want to contribute to that football club? And it's this is a big, this is big picture stuff. This is 10, 20, 30, 40 years in, in, in the making. You know, engaging young people so that they're involved. There's a this this is a this needs sitting down and working out on on a big level. Yeah, um, the, the, the trust could do again in some uh, young people who are very comfortable in a social media environment to help them with communication. Probably that'll be that'll be a good definitely, start. Definitely, you know? definitely. No, there's, well, there's a ton honest, of work to do. Fans to be to have three or four factions fighting against each other, have we? So um, no, absolutely. I mean, I mean, I think I think one message I'd like to get across, if if, if nothing else, you can celebrate a result for Oldham and celebrate a win without agreeing what's going on behind the scenes. And and I'm sitting. Last night, it was, it was tearing my hair out because all you ever read was, yeah, push the boundary, lads are, are obviously going to be upset tonight because they've won and anyone who's against Al or um, Mo or Barry are going to be upset with with, with, with what with, with the result today because we've won. That's all rubbish. It's all rubbish. We need to all come together. And the trust is the vehicle that we really need to come together through. You know, I'd like to see the trust talking to the fan-led group if they're still out there and, and, and understanding what their plans are for the future because it all comes under the same bracket, really. I just hope everyone comes together at some point uh, for the betterment of the club and the betterment of the trust. And uh, we need to prepare, in, in my honest opinion, as, as Andy alluded to earlier, we need to prepare so that we're not another bury. If things do go the wrong way and Al wants to walk away, that we're in a better position than we are currently to react to that. The days of shaking buckets are gone. That doesn't raise funds anymore. You need to do it in different ways. No, we always need to be ready. Trust Oldham always needs to be ready. And it needs to, its mission needs to be keeping as many fans on side, involved, contributing. Not, 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 with, not always like with a worst case scenario in mind, but with a helping to create the football club that the town deserves and that the fan deserves. And, the, and, and being the, the, the voice, the, the vehicle to, to get the fans involved more and more and more going forward. Um, what kind of a model do we want the club to be? Do we want it to have be partly fan owned? Like, you know, what kind of investment do we want from the town, from the, from the fans into the club every year? Like all these things need to be discussed and need to be planned. And 
because of the way that everything's been over the last few years and because the situation with the trust has, as it has had to sort of like reform and it needs a re so it needs to sort of relaunch itself and it need now's the time now is the time for something big i think to, to do all this so we'll we'll see i think i'm enthusiastic i want to help people like yourselves are enthusiastic you want to help the message to the trust is we're here we want to get involved we'd love to hear from you again um, we'd love to hear your feedback on this feedback. Uh, we'd love to hear your response to what fans make of it on, on Twitter. If, if you get a negative response to the interview, I would say don't take it personally. You know, t- there'll be good points that your f- fans gave and they'll be bad. Just take them with an open mind and, 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 and be realistic about it. That's, that's what I would suggest. I don't know what kind of re- feedback the fans are going to give. Uh, it's probably not good, good to predict, but it's Latics fans, so there's bound to be some negativity about it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I'd say don't take it personally. It's not... Well, think- we all want the same thing here. We all want the same thing, don't we? Yeah. That's success on the field and stability off it. Whichever way we get there, I don't really care. I just want things to improve. And, um, and and I'm happy if 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 that's the trust that that help us do that. More than willing to assist where I can, um, as I'm sure many people are. But as Andy said, with regards to the website, you, you don't know where to start. Really, I still I still personally, my perception is that the, the trust is a closed book and a closed shop and um, kind of secret handshakes here, there, and everywhere. But you have, they have to take on board what people's perceptions are. Whether they agree with them or not, it doesn't matter. So it'd be interesting now from the people that are listening to this podcast, let's hear, let's have your feedback. Tell the trust where you're at with it, how you see it, what you want from it. And let's all be grown up about it. And let's get involved in the discussion. And, and let's let's all take it forward. In what was the last game before Christmas, Oldham came away with all three points. An impressive 4-2 away win at league leaders Newport, that makes it Oldham's seventh away win on the bounce. However, focus now turns to Boundary Park where they'll be facing Harrogate Town on Boxing Day. In what will be the first ever competitive game between the two sides, it will be interesting to see who comes out on top, with Oldham's home form being quite poor this season. However, Harrogate are below Oldham in the table. They currently sit 17th compared to Oldham, who are in 14th, four points above Harrogate. Harrogate are in a poor run of form, winning only one of their last five games in League 2, the other four all being losses. They have scored 19 goals in the league this season, averaging 12.6 shots per game. The possession of 51.1% and a pass completion of 66.2%, their averages are massively boosted as they have one of the highest in the league for aerial duels won, which is 32.7. Their top goalscorer this season is Jack Muldoon. He's played 17 games for the side this season and managed to score 9 goals and get 3 assists. For 14 of their games they've used a 4-4-2 formation. In these games they've managed to score 17 goals but conceded 16. In terms of the record that has totaled 5 wins, 4 draws and 5 losses. They're a very strong side in the air and love set pieces, which is obviously a negative to Oldham as they've been poor at defending them. However, Harrogate are weak against counter-attacks. This is something that Oldham will definitely look to take advantage of, as in their 19 games this season, they've managed to score 32 goals. Conor McElhenney looks to be back on top form, now with 8 goals and 1 assist. 
Zach Durnley's back coming off the bench. He's got five goals this season and they're, they're without Danny Rowe who could possibly return for the game against Harrogate with his four goals and three assists. Davis Keeler Dunn seems to be on impressive form with two goals in his last two games and Alfie McCalmont has come in again with some late goals and of course Dylan Bahambula has managed to score one goal but more importantly gets seven assists since joining the club. Oldham's 4-1-4-1 formation has seemingly been working for the Latics, using it now for 8 games, scoring a total of 17 goals and conceding 14. In these games they have won 5 and lost 3. Oldham's strengths are clearly from the counter-attacks, they have been fantastic going forward when winning the ball back. Their movement on the ball and their pace on the wings has really seen them utilise this to the best of their ability. Currently sitting in 14th as I mentioned earlier, they are currently sat 4 points just outside the playoffs. What could be a really key game to boost Latics up the table, they'll be looking to close the gap on teams such as Walsall, Salford and Exeter, who all sit around the playoffs on that 30 point mark. So that's it, the last Boundary Park Alert system before Christmas. I'd like to take this opportunity to wish you all a very Merry Christmas. I'll be back with a review of 2020, somewhere between Christmas and New Year. So until then, stay safe, stay warm and enjoy the festivities. Have a good one. The Boundary Park Alert System is a Studio 6 production. It's hosted, edited and mixed by me, Matt Dean, and you can contact me on Twitter at DublinOAFC. If you'd like to get in touch with us or contribute to the show, our email is bpalertsystem at gmail.com and we're on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook at OAFC Podcast. If you'd like to know more about Push the Boundary, you can visit pushthebounderry.co.uk and follow them on Twitter at ptb underscore OAFC. The match stats are compiled and presented by Thomas Berry and you can follow Thomas, spelled T-O-M-O-S, on Twitter at Thomas Berry. The title music for the show is Delirio by Manchester DJ and producer Starion. You can visit redlaserrecords.bandcamp.com for more info and the latest releases. If you like the show, please do review and subscribe on whichever platform you listen. Thanks for listening.